This is the Saddler's Post, conversations on horses, leather trade, and the art of saddlery, with our host, Christian Love. Today on the Saddler's Post podcast, my guests are Kate and Jack Lenny of We Are Makers. Uh, Kate and Jack, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. You're welcome. So uh, I have been like consuming your podcasts uh, as much as possible, and uh, I just love what you do. And I was so excited to discover you. But uh, I'm going to throw your first question at you guys. So who <laughs> are Kate and Jack? Well, how do you want us to answer that? Who are Kate and Jack as? as a team, as a couple, or who are we individually? Because they're very different <laughs> answers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, so as I was, like most people, they're way more dynamic than first glance. But I think, you know, the whole point of, of my podcast and your podcast, I believe, is the maker part. So let's, let's do the collective. Let's, let's, let's talk about we are makers how you know what what led you to start it and you know your i think because who you are is yeah. is how it came to be right and i think yeah. we right. have that so much in common like most makers but you actually went out there and did this but it's not just a podcast it's it's multifaceted and it's it's done so professionally yeah, and so well. So, yeah, the, I mean, the podcast actually came later. Yeah, uh, the podcast was never the original dream. So, so yeah, I suppose Kate, you were the real starting and driving force behind it. So you're better qualified to answer this question than I. Yeah. So I was a maker myself, and I had the frustrations of trying to tell my story and try to sell my products and. Um, I was a furniture maker when I came out of university and started my company um, straight after and did it for about three years and it was pretty, it was tough um, and I, I can't be the only one in this position. So I um, did a few different things and uh, yeah, it was, you know, there's so much to consume online and I just thought there's got to be another way of telling your story other than, you know, Instagram, Facebook, or all these other social media platforms. And, you know, print is such a lovely way to convey information and stories. So, yeah. And there's a real depth to it as well, isn't there? Yeah. So I stopped what I was doing, really, and Jack was working full-time at his job and then said, well, why don't you take some time out and try and figure out how we can make We Are Makers or what We Are Makers going to be? So I took a year out and was busy, you know, working on this could be a product, it could be a, a magazine or a book. And yeah, as product designers, we thought this book has to be, has to look good, has to feel good, has to, you know, portray the makers in a way that... Yeah, it has to be one of the things that Kate first approached me about all this. You know, I say approach me as if it was some sort of business decision. It was yeah. definitely just over to get involved in Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was, you just, everything that's on social media and Instagram and stuff, which is a phenomenal platform, yeah. and I'm not here to, to bash social yeah. media, um, but it's all very surface level. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that I'd always noticed that Kate struggled with and other maker friends that we've got is to sell who they are as people, to, yeah. to sell something deeper than the initial 1.5% of what you see online. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how We Are Makers came to be. So yeah, Kate's aid started as this, like, let's do a book, a directory, something that encourages people to switch off from social media. And from there, it's just grown into something more multifaceted to serve a community of you know, phenomenal people around and the world. to be honest, you know, when we first started thinking about this, that was when we graduated university, which was like 2015. And at the time, we're thinking of having, of doing this idea, but I'm glad that we didn't do it when we when we thought about it because I don't think we had as much experience or... We wouldn't have been able to get properly. money. Yeah, the, the working and having, having the, you know, the financial capabilities to support this. Yeah. Um, it just it's one of those things, isn't it? And it's something we can get into later in the podcast. Everyone rushes to try and do what they think is a great idea, and, and yeah. certainly with the talking heads of the internet, you get the you know these hardcore dudes or dudettes that are like, you need to go and do it now. The best time to plant a tree was twenty years ago. If not, plant it today. And I mean, the, the reality is, the best time to plant a tree is when you own a shovel and a seed. So, yep. like, get all the ducks in a row. And we didn't know we were getting ducks in a row to be perfectly suited to do this job, but yeah. it feels like we you know, happen to have our ducks in a row. No. No. Kind of. <laughs> Ish. Yeah, in a fashion. Yeah. So. Hey, when you, it's comparative, right? Uh, say when you're just leaving university and, you know, I think, too, a little bit is in order to be... Uh, I think they say this about the blues. In order to sing the blues, you have to have had some sorrow in your life and some suffering. And I and I think to respectfully talk to other makers. Um, I know as a maker, like sometimes when you when you say to people who have had a, a, a more traditional trajectory in their life, they go to university, they start their first job, they move up to. Um, management and then they you know in success they build on each success in a very strategic manner and you know and being a crafter or is more like um um you know sometimes when you have to pivot it's not instantaneous like you you've you've sometimes have lost everything you built and worked for (laughs) and you have Mm -hmm. to start all over again and you talk to... And oftentimes you're starting from somewhere with absolutely zero reference again. Mm. You know, even yeah. when it comes down to, to the simplest side of, like, advertising and stuff, and we're looking at, say, your Facebook ads or whatever they are, sometimes it's just, like, you need to, like, wipe the slate clean and just start afresh. And, uh, yeah, if you don't know how to do that, which, let's be honest, none of us really do because it changes all the time, it's a really intimidating thing to do. But you need to be comfortable with that intimidation. Yeah, I think that's um, the key is not to be seeking a s- no discomfort. It's getting comfortable mm-hmm. with the idea of, well, we're heading into uncharted territory. Um, we will expect some rough <laughs> turbulencies, sure. uh, but remember, we're having fun, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, well, at least we're trying to have fun. Yeah. And I think um, that's the big thing is, like, I'm not a massive subscriber to this 
Oh, well, at least we're having fun. I mean, yes, we, we, we are. Obviously, we would be doing it if we weren't having fun, but it's important to note, and you know, I want it to be heard, that it's okay to not always have fun doing it. Like, that's yeah. totally normal. Again, going back to the sort of talking heads of the internet, and are, yeah, it'll all be great, and starting a business is great fun, and like, it's not. It's really, really hard, but, but that's okay. Yeah. Like, it's okay for that to be hard, and it's okay for it not to be fun every day. But at least you're doing it for yourself yeah i think the hardest part um is self-employment or starting a business Mm -hmm. is kind of forced on a lot of crafters it's not like oh we all grew up thinking i want to be an entrepreneur it's like no Mm -hmm. i want to create i want i want to create all day and no one tells you you know by default that means you have to understand you know taxes and you have to understand um you know when you sit down with an accountant you have to it's on you to understand what the process is and how they're talking to you and you know is you know forming a limited uh corporation best for you and all those things and it's like that's nothing to do with your craft or your talent or your your Passion. No, but they're all necessary. Yeah. They're all necessary. And I mean, like we talk about it often. I, if someone was going to offer me a salary to do this and they dealt with all the business stuff, I would snap it up. <laughs> as long as it was still my vision for it. But the reality is, is what we're trying to do and what a lot of these makers are trying to do, there is not, there is not already a blueprint or a company that they're trying to do it. That's why we're here trying to do it. So you just, you just grin and bear it and you don't like anything you take the, the rough or the smooth and you just crack on and get on with it you know yeah. it's, I mean it's in the same way you're you're absolutely not wrong it's, there's a lot of things that you don't enjoy or you don't understand but equally there's a lot of things in a normal job that you may not understand or you yeah. may not enjoy but you have to do them for your paycheck at the end of the month so hey why not do it for a paycheck at the end of the month and something you enjoy you know because I, you know, just to go back to be, me being a maker, when I was doing my, I did children's furniture and uh, Jack was working down south at the time and we we're kind of living like separate lives and I thought, well, I'm I'm doing my best here but it's just, it's really hard. Maybe I need to go out and, you know, get a job and see how they do it. So I did, I went down to London and I worked with a company in London doing TNT furniture and you know it was very perfect job because it was almost identical furniture to what you were doing but they were doing like a scandy version of adults furniture whereas kate was doing children's furniture like fun but construction methods were similar so you would think they were a perfect fit but i just i didn't and i just didn't enjoy it like they were making so many decisions i thought could be better but they just didn't want to listen or whatever and i just thought nah this isn't for me I, i i i feel I can do it better by myself. So yeah, I've been back and forth with the job, but I feel like this is where I'm meant to be and, you know. Well, this is you now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, this is me. I, this is my full-time job. Yeah, this is, this is the most Kate I've yeah. ever seen Kate be. Yeah, so I, I had the frustrations of, yeah, yeah. working for my profession. It's yeah, a, and that's it, isn't it? It's like, it's about being uniquely qualified to do what you're doing, you know, yeah. you're to pertain to your craft, if you're going to be a, a saddle maker, you're going to train with a saddle maker. You don't go and train with know, a toy maker to become a saddle maker. <laughs> you, you do the right thing. You know, Kate's been the maker, which means that she's uniquely qualified to to do this job. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, for me, saddle making it came to me late. I worked in every aspect of the equine industry almost before I landed yeah. on that. So it it even I think more qualified me when I have an opinion on something and say, well, actually, you know, I was an end user of the product for a long time, but I also sold it retail. I also sold it wholesale. I also worked in all the periphery things. So you, you you can kind of design something or design a system, Never mind the product, but, um, you know, I saw it written by one saddle maker. Um, it's not a direct quote, but basically said, you know, the largest consumer of um, equestrian goods globally probably yeah. is the U.S. And yeah. he'd said about the U.S. where he's having good success that Americans don't care about the quality they care about the quality of the service and the company like you it was where makers get so hung up on you know um you know i know in in your podcast it comes up a lot with uh, japanese masters and uh it was almost like he was saying you know it's not that's a little bit wasted if you're not there with great warranty and great follow-up and great aftercare service um, because mm-hmm. Americans will just say you know what we we don't you don't buy a Cadillac for just Cadillac you buy a Cadillac because there's all kinds of preferred service that goes with it and the prestige of owning it you know is it's it's not it's not like they can really pick apart oh and the vehicle has all these features that are far superior to any other. They don't ever really talk about that. So it's it's. So what the, the guy's argument was that you buy from people because of the service they provide rather than the quality of product. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. Well, that it's wrapped in one. I mean, they do make good quality products. So I think what he's trying to kind of say is, you can be the best in the world, but if you're not going to treat customers professionally with respect and great business policies you're never going to succeed and i I, like being able to treat and speak to customers in that way and being able to to take on customer comments and being able to provide that as a whole package kind of comes hand in hand with being the best in the world yeah because it's 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 in, in my view and again only my view it's impossible to become the best in the world without a huge body of work behind you. You don't get a body of work behind you without having done all those things anyway. So all those things could just be second nature by that point. You know, ultimately, if someone's buying, again, we'll go back to saddles, it's your world. If someone's buying one saddle every three years, you're you're not going to be a good saddle maker because you simply just do not have the volume of, of work. One thing I'm always amazed at is ceramicists. Like ceramicists, the the learning curve and the curve from meh to average to great, the sort of early days to average seems to be pretty quick, and then average to really really good seems to be quicker still, and it seems to correlate with as soon as you start getting good sales in and can start knocking out good numbers. And I mean, it makes sense, right? As soon as people start knocking out good numbers, they're doing the thing more. And when they're doing the thing more, they're getting better and better and better, right? 
that's a hundred percent agree with that yep um like you know you only have uh ability one a one-man operation you can only make so many saddles um but when your order book isn't full you know when you're when you're picking up other work or it's a part-time gig um, unless you jump in both feet and just fill your order book and find the confidence Mm -hmm. to proceed um, you're never going to be great and it is about repetition and about problem solving and I'm sure any crafter will you know everything from a weaver to you know and you know furniture making I think too, you know, you're dealing with materials that um, mostly behave in a certain way, but what do you do when they don't? And it's experience that tells you, yeah, I'm not going to use that material in that way any longer. And you develop techniques and start to figure workarounds. Well, absolutely. Look, I, my full time job of mechanical engineer, and I work specifically in industry where I need to make things happen in six weeks that shouldn't really happen in six months, sometimes six years. Um, and I'm, I had a, I always remember a conversation probably about 12 to 18 months after I started, a conversation with someone I was at university with who was asking, you know, just back and forward, we'd always kind of back and forward with each other and he was asking, you know, what should he put in his portfolio because he wanted to apply for some new positions. And I'd say, you know, pick pick your five best pieces. And he was, you know, his view was I'd not even completed one piece. We've got two ongoing projects, and he'd been there eighteen months. So, like my my view is, it never going. You're never going to be able to amass the body of work and become the the designer that you want to be, or the engineer that you want to be, or the saddle maker you want to be, or the motorbike builder you want to be, without just amassing that quality of work. There's so much of all of this. And it's something I'm really passionate about communicating with people. That there's so much of all of this that yes, you can read the this is how it should work in a book, but there's there's a hands-on approach that in many ways can't even be taught. Even like one-on-one can't be taught. You just need to do it. You just need to make the mistake. You just need to get your hands on it. And that's that's one thing that I really really admire about all these makers is. And equally admire about when when Kate was making as well is that you're just getting your hands on, you know, liking it to welding as well. You can teach people to weld, but if they've not got if they've not got that innate skill with their hand, like some people have just not got it ever. And then there's other people that will just keep going and keep going and keep going. And ultimately, the the more linear meterage that you weld, the better those welds will be. And that's just fact. And you can't teach that. You can. You can guide that, but you can't teach it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I don't have any natural talent at all. i just <laughs> stubborn. Um, and yeah. a, and a, hey, that's a good skill set. Yeah. And a, is definitely a skill set. Yeah, well, when you leave, you know, when you leave school as an unsuccessful student, <laughs> and I by that I mean barely passing anything, you're not... Uh, traditionally brilliant and smart and clever and you know there's no uh oh he just needs to apply himself it's like no that's in a traditional setting remembering revising regurgitating it on a paper at test time is not Mm -hmm. possible but you learn 
to be patient with yourself and you learn that you just have to outwork everyone. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not going to be simple. And, you know, the earlier in life you figure that out and also to take pride in simplicity, like, you know, yeah. just parents that are like, if you're going to be a ditch digger, be the best ditch digger. And, yeah. you know, they're just, just be proud of your work. And I always, you know, kind of that uh, approach to, yeah, I'm just going to do this in baby steps. I'll only ever be able to do, say, this one technique. And then 18 months go by and you're like, oh, I think I'm ready to, to it was just like tiny building blocks. So, um, yeah. and then at the end of it, you're like got a body of skills or a skill set that you're like, oh, now I have to knit these together. And, you know, so it's very, oh, very cool. untraditional. But I think with We Are Makers, I mean, the fact that you felt that this was viable and obviously me sitting here going, I'm going to start a podcast and start connecting all these makers and to deal with kind of what feels like this lonely, sometimes frustrating, sometimes unique path you know, and and there you are, you know, as I'm doing my research going, oh, there's already, there's already people doing this and doing it brilliantly well. Um, but, did, <laughs> you know, the what have you found, first off, you know, that you, it must feel amazing, the reason you felt it needed to be started, but how, how far down the path we are now, like how many editions of, of the magazine is there? So, I mean, very fast to go back to what you said there about like thinking this could be viable. Make no mistakes. Like, we did not think this was going to be viable. We're still not sure if this is viable. We just know that it's something that we feel needed. Um, if I was a maker, I would have felt I needed, and the maker we spoke to, we feel is needed. Whether it's viable or not is well, that's a that's a discussion we'll maybe have on your podcast in ten years' time. Um, but that is definitely not a not a conversation that we are suitably qualified to answer right now. Um, and if we do answer it right now, we may find ourselves any wrong. <laughs> um, so, right, with regards to viability, not sure. Um, what was your other question? Well, just that, you know, viable, I guess we mean financially. But yeah. success as in, you know, the the need. Are, are the objectives you set out, are they being achieved? You know the the yeah. connecting yeah. and yeah, and in, a, in a big way, and um, you know we get we get text calls, emails, like people reaching out to us, and oh, I found such and such because of you, and then other makers finding such and such because of us, and you know we know makers just from an American trip that have have actually gone and hung out for a day or two because. They didn't even know they were there. They didn't even know they were there and they were like yeah. an hour away kind of yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I think we are makers at the start was to connect consumers to the makers, but I feel like as we've grown and now we're going on to our seventh edition, it's taken the curve of like we're more of a community connecting makers to makers just as much as we are to consumers. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly it, isn't it? We kind of expected to connect consumers to makers and actually, the way it's evolved, we're finding that it's actually it's working better to really showcase the makers so that consumers are finding them on their own. Yeah. 
and then make the maker community in general is like I, anyone that's listened to a podcast will be sick of hearing me saying it rising tide raise all chips and it just feels like between us and the makers and I don't want to say us as in like we are some sort of leading talent in this space because we're not like everyone has their space in this space but I'd like to think that we are at least some of the driving force in some of the areas that are are helping open the floodgates and rise the tide because ultimately the more the more makers that get seen you know there may be there may be someone that's interested in one ceramicist or one leather worker that then follows We Are Makers because they're interested in that one person that then finds 10, 15, 20. Ultimately, we've featured over 400 makers in six editions. Like, they might find 390 other makers because of that interest in one maker, and that's really where I think the value in all this lies. Yeah, it's a discovery of that's what I like is the discovery of what who's in there each edition and people buy it for that you know you don't know who they're going to find and what stories they're going to read but you know it's going to be good yeah 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 I'd say we're 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 definitely on that path to where we want to go and it's definitely not been easy I mean we didn't know anything about print when we started like we're product designers but we never never dabbled in print you know that was a whole new thing we had to learn and we're still learning um, to this day, nearly seven editions on, you know. But yeah. if you don't learn something new, then... What's the point in yeah. all? How important, you know, it's interesting, the print side of it. How important was that medium to, you You know, you could have done just online, do everything, excuse me, do everything you're doing online. Like, how important was the magazine, something tangible like that? I think crucial. Yeah. I think crucial. Um, you know, when Kate first approached me about the book, we sat down and we looked at things again, ultimately. Like, I, financially, I was the one backing this. We made the decision early on, like, do we both take part-time work and both try this, or do I continue to work? And Kate pursues this full-time. That's the decision we made, ultimately. And uh, we're sitting down and working out, like, what's the way to do this? And the the only conversation that never came up was what was the cheapest way to do this or what was the most effective way to do this. It was all, sorry, or what was the most efficient way financially to do this. It was all what was the right way to do it. And we didn't, we didn't cut any corners, and I think, you know, for the first edition we released it, like, we were busy. <laughs> we were busy. Yeah. The first edition sold better than any other edition. Now, a lot of that's got to do with the lay of the land of social media at the time. Yeah. We were doing a lot of ads that were just really sticking, which all kind of changed. Obviously, that was pre-Brexit. But it also showed you that there was a need for something like this, and that's continued as we progress with this business. But print, for sure, had it, it just it's on the shelf. People are having to switch off from their phones. You know, yeah. they can't think about anything else. You know, got a notification popping up that takes you away from what you were reading. You know, it can sit on your coffee table and other people can pick it up, you know. It can be displayed in art shops, coffee shops, um, independent shops. You know, we've got it and you know, it's got worldwide now. So it's just, you know. It represents yeah. the bakers as well, though, isn't it? It's a tangible physical product. Yeah. yeah. And what these people are making are tangible physical products. So, if we were maybe making a book about people that, I don't know, develop apps, or um, write code, then yeah, it might make sense to do it online because that's where those people are. 
But I think when you're doing anything like this, you have a responsibility to represent the people that you're representing as best as possible. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, to do it non-physical just would have done it a bit of injustice. You know, why are you reading about all these amazing physical things on a phone screen? Why are you not reading them about about them in some, like, tactile, you know, 200-odd page coffee table book that just feels, feels the same essence of quality that they, they produced those. Yeah, I mean, I I grew up just absolutely as a kid. I wanted to be a photographer. So what do you do? You and yeah. magazines. This was pre-internet, so you're just consuming magazines. Um, but the beauty of it is, you're right. I mean, there is no distractions. But the sharing of that magazine, like you say, if it's even if it's left on a bus seat or yeah. someone's yeah. office and you're, you know, just, oh, I'll have a look through this. and But you just, the photography is so rich and the feel of the paper, everything, it, it is a 100% nod to to the crafter or, you know, who who's in yeah. there. I think that's amazing. You're not going to put it in the bin, put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's not a book for the bin. It's not a TV time. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. I just love it. So what, in, and, uh, you know, I hate to say this, me, I mean, me researching Savlers, it's so cool that I stumble across you guys. And then my first thought is, well, I have to speak to these people, <laughs> but you know the 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 respect you have for people who craft comes across in everything you do, and I just have to say thank you for that. And I'm sure everyone you've ever interviewed has probably mm-hmm. felt that deep in their heart um, because yeah. they're so used to being talked about by or talked to someone who is doing maybe a a puff piece for a morning radio show or that you know it's not it's not serious and they're not asking about you they're asking about what you're doing and they're also the question is you make a living this way like it's some odd strange you know like it always comes up every conversation I have with a a non- craft journeyman tradesperson it's it's almost like oh and you know that's a great hobby and it's just you just feel deflated every time so it's so wonderful that you're out there showing it so much love and respect and and sharing it oh yeah like that's this we love it like we love for it you know i just i just love you know i like i like i love being a maker but you know, I just feel like this has got legs and I feel that we can make an impact. Um, and I would have loved to have been part of something like this when I was a maker, so... And that's probably where a lot of it comes from, isn't it? Like, Kate would have loved to be part of something like this. Um, it's very hard to find your tribe yeah. in the world. Uh, you know, if we can provide people with a tribe to be part of, that's, that's only a good thing. I had a conversation with um, friend Sadler Ben Geyser the other day and we kind of came to the conclusion that your spoken word and where you spend your money is like the, the only democratic thing that you have 
like spend your time, spend your money, spend your resources, whatever they may be, with the things you want to see more of in the world. Yeah. And uh, like, although Kate and I have never put it into words like that, is very much how Kate and I have, have always operated. We want to see more of this stuff in the world, so we've always spent our money. It's the little of it that we have because we produce a magazine. <laughs> but it's how we've always done things. It's how we want to do things because it's the things we want to see more of in the world. It really just comes down to that. And, you know, we right now we don't make money from it. Like, every penny that we get in the minute goes straight back into the project because there's always something more we want to do. Um, and print itself has gone up massively in cost. So it's been, it's been difficult to find, you know, well, it's not been difficult, we just, put our brains together and think, right, what other avenues can we do? Yeah. Um, so we've been busy with that. But. Yeah. yeah, we need to find other avenues. I mean, like, like the the reality of it is you've been on this three years and other months now. Yeah. Three years and ten months. August 2019, we started this. Um, and Kate's never, ever taken a wage or expenses or anything from We Are Makers. Yeah. Um, We've lived so little for my one salary, and then the majority of the money I've made is going straight back into We Are Makers as well. And uh, that's not a ply, that's not a plea for someone to be like, oh, look how you know saintly these people are. It's yeah. not that at all. It's just that's the the reality of it. And if we can do nothing else, it's to make people realise how hard some of these things can be, but equally how worth it they can be as well. Yeah, so I think it's worth it. It's really worth it when you're sat down in someone's workshop or for three or four days or when you're able to give them some of your experience back or you know it's just like the people you meet in the world and when you get a chance to do that like that's worth more than I don't know that's worth more than going and buying a new pair of jeans or having a bit of extra cash to go out for food. Just for example Melissa that we met in our American podcaster she's a potter and she's not been doing it for that long and she got in touch with me over Instagram saying I see your in the area, um, I really want to invite you over tonight for dinner because um, I'm sure you're on the road and you want a home-cooked meal. And, uh, yeah, we spent the afternoon with her, did a podcast, and then when we came home, uh, she says, I just wanted to let you know, like, how much you've, like, made me feel better about me and my craft. And, like, since then, like, she's just been, like, full-on motivation, you know, and I just feel like we've made an impact there somewhere. So when we get comments at that, it's like, yeah, what we're doing, we need to keep just stick at it. Yeah. Doesn't matter about the hard days. So. Yeah, just being able to bolster someone's belief in themselves yeah. is that's invaluable. Yeah. I think um, it's not. You sound like you're whinging as a maker, because once you, I mean, you're you're doing your craft because that's what you're passionate about, and but when you decide to monetize it. Um, I know as Saddlers, you know, Ben was the best interview I've seen anyone ever do with anyone. I just thought that was beautifully done and totally biased because, you know, he's a Saddler. But Mm -hmm. the reality is to, to be seen as a person rather than as soon as you say, my Saddles cost X, and you know everyone wants a delivery date and you think fine i'll i'll give it that um but it it you've now created a job uh or you know it's it's become it's it's not just it has a timeline and it has costs and it has you know all your input costs and then on delivery 
you know, the person doesn't see the finished item like anything you make. I mean, it, but it's not like, say, a potter that's producing pieces for for a shelf. Um, I know they do custom work. I'm totally botching the analogy, but it, it it's just <laughs> wonderful that you can inspire someone just by listening to them, you know, and, yeah. and, and saying, we hear you, we see you. And yes, this is a life you've chosen, but we understand also that it is and can be hard. And it's, it's not the, you've mastered the craft, but the mental health aspect, um, you know, not everyone's suited you know, I'm I'm kind of an extrovert who's in a shop by himself all day. You know, there's challenges that come with that. The same as the introvert who's forced to go to an office with you know 30 people in it every day, right? Um, yeah. And yeah. it's it's nice that you're actually hearing and seeing and sharing these things. And I think you probably, you know at the root of we are makers is you know the impact of what you're doing may may not be felt for some time or unless someone actually reaches out and says hey you know what just happened by you yeah. you know when someone says you inspired me to do something like that's that is well beyond anything monetary yeah oh, absolutely yeah. absolutely you know, someone asked us just the other week what, what the success looked like for us, and they asked us at about 10 minutes into the podcast, and I had to tell them to park that question until yeah. later on because I had to have a think about it. And I think um, success, whether it's final form or success, but success for us certainly looks like, hey, I picked up your book 10 years ago um, that inspired me to pursue my craft as a, a real-life thing, and now I'm supporting a family or I'm, I'm able to support myself or... Or I was able to take someone out for dinner on the money I made on that craft. You know, yeah. it just just even the small wins. You know, we don't have to all keep aiming for the. I was able to land a you know twenty thousand key ring order, and I was able to buy a house. It can literally just be the little. I was able to, you know, pay off a credit card or go as I say go out for dinner, and those little wins through craft, like being able to monetize craft in such a way that you can have those little wins. I think that. For us, what we're not talking about a turn for Kate is is what success looks like for we are makers. Yeah, I agree. To be able to empower that. Yeah, and as a couple, I don't know if you get asked this or not. I mean, is it more helpful? I mean, maybe this is for Kate. I don't know. I, you know, my wife, nothing to do with horse industry, nothing to do with saddles just 100% supportive of me as a person but mm. also maybe some days when I'm trying to explain what I'm upset about or what I found challenging it's foreign um, whereas yeah. you guys are in the trenches together um, yeah. does, you know is it is think, it uplifting or yeah. no it definitely is I mean we, we met first year in university so that's like 12 years ago now so We've kind of gone through the whole journey together, so it's kind of we understand the space, and it just makes it so much easier. Um, so yeah, that, I, I think for sure. I mean, <laughs> I don't always agree on everything, but I just, don't, have to. don't have to. No, 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 no. Uh, 
we're, we're very like we're very suited to each other. The things that I'm very very weak at, Kate, and, uh, and the, the things that Kate's less strong at. I think that. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a part that's a partnership. You know, that's you know understanding like yeah, we have different strengths and bringing different viewpoints uh, to a problem is a good thing. You know, I think that gets a little lost in society sometimes when people disagree with each other. They assume it's that's it, burn everything down, destroy yeah. everything. That's it, you know. How yeah, that's a really sickening mentality that seems to be going through the world, the world at the moment, and uh, it's probably too, too deep a topic for for a podcast. Oh yes, it's, uh, ongoing and growing. But the reality is, like, everyone has their own experiences and their own opinions. It doesn't mean that they're a bad person because of it. No, exactly. And I mean, how would you innovate, or you know? Even if you are gonna, you know, throw all your toys out of the pram, you know, it's it's a case of okay, what what next? How you know, and maybe it spurs on some solution to a problem because you yep. know eventually, not all problems are solved with money, or if they are, you don't have the money, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> innovation over <laughs> historically has been okay. You know, I have these resources at my um, hand. What can I do with them to, you know, and it's it's not always um, a well, widely accepted thing. You have to kind of, you know, go this own path, do it, and and, and have the confidence in yourself to go. You'll see, <laughs> and it, it might take yeah. years, you know. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and you know, I think, um, like. My view has always been it's a lot harder to do something hard for someone else that you don't enjoy than it is to do something double hard for yourself that you do enjoy. Yep. That's, that's you know, you can put that on a T-shirt right now. It's, it is, it, it, <laughs> you know. American Joel, print me a T-shirt, please, if you listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it is, um, you know, I, you see people come into the salary side of things and it's about the 18 month mark because they the problem with saddles is it's tied to an animal that people are very very passionate about and care deeply about but they haven't separated that emotion from just the day-to-day grind and work that it that it takes um, it's brilliant that you're a horse person and are passionate about it and you understand what the end use is going to be. But I, it's it's the physical dexterity, hard work, the failure. Like it's one of those things that saddle making is so simple once you've figured it out. <laughs> but prior to that, yeah. everything is Mount Everest, you know? And I'm sure, like, it's yeah. once the penny drops, then you're like, oh. But it's getting through um, the motivation for getting into saddlery is, you know, varies wide, wi- wildly. And, you know, it's it's just, you know, once you become passionate about it, you don't care that it takes, you know, there's some techniques that take me hours longer than anybody else. 
but I don't care. Yeah. It's not a race for me. <laughs> and I know I'm slow. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care that I'm slow, <laughs> you know. So what, what I'm fascinated by with you guys is that, is it, is it just understanding the lay of the land or your background in film or, you know, that you've, the magazine is is one expertise area on its own but then is it just as easy to set up a camera and film your podcast recording like it's it's just another string to that bow that's that's easily added on or did you just adopt early on going okay social media we have to approach from multi angles and you know that's how, exactly it Exactly. Okay. So a lot of these things are about task stacking. A lot of these things are like, it's only Kate and I, and when I say Kate and I, when I'm working, it's 99.95% Kate and 0.05 me. Um, And it's about how many tasks can you stack without the additional effort. So it's like, it's time, quality, money, isn't it? Like time, quality, cost. The, the sort of legendary product triangle. We know we don't have the time. We know we can't. We simply cannot diverge on the quality. We cannot deviate from that. So sometimes you just need to suck up the cost of the camera as well, you know, and the travel and doing it in place. Because ultimately you need two of that three in the triangle. And by doing that, that then gives us... Ultimately, yeah, we've got the podcast, which is great. The people need to find the podcast. How do you make people find the podcast? Where do people find you? They find you on social media. So it's just one thing I've always been very good at in my job is taking the big problem and breaking it down into lots of little problems and building a ladder out of those little problems. Mm. So it's like, we want to do a podcast. Right, cool. Everybody's doing a podcast at the moment. You know, there's that meme going around the internet, another white kid with a podcast, and it's like everyone's doing a podcast at the moment so you need to make sure that your podcast doing it in such a way so we're like well how can how can someone really talk about their space without having their space around them yeah so they would be describing something to us and i'm like okay cool describe that to me like i'm by no means a master in all crafts at all it couldn't be further from it but what i am is incredibly interested in other people mm-hmm. so to be around those people and to be in front of them just made it that was the thing we just had to do yeah. so when you've decided that that's what you have to do you then decide right how do you make that the best thing it could be so right you've got the podcast we know we've got a good social media following which we always want to grow which we always need content for something that we don't have great amounts of content for because we are not physically making things every day yeah how can we make more content we can make more content by doing a podcast good long-form content can be i cut lucky bees podcast i cut 57 clips out of that today that we'll use over the course of the next 10 years mm. you know like that's the kind of thing and then you think we've we've actually just booked our 50th podcast so 50 podcasts averaging maybe 30 clips a podcast you know all of a sudden you're in the big numbers and i mean they'll get regurgitated over we tend to post one clip as we publish each podcast but then you know a couple months time we'll just leak another little clip out to direct people back to it so it's all just about stacking those tasks because it's not a lot of extra effort to put the camera out. I mean, yes, it's an extra cost, 
like I said, the quality and cost, they don't have the time. So. I did a bit of research, she did your research. You were like, what camera do you get? What mics do you get? Like, how does it all work? We've never done I, I am wildly, wildly good at going down rabbit holes. <laughs> for better or for worse, I am incredibly good at going down wild holes. It's your super, superpower. That's, that's it. And it's just like, like Kate and I have just, we're obsessed with it. Yeah. We're obsessed with, there's also responsibility, right? You know, that's, that's a big thing as well. Like, we, we have chosen to take this task on. Mm-hmm. So there is now, like, a responsibility that comes with making sure these makers are as best represented as possible. Like, would I feel good about what I'm doing if I wasn't truly saying, like, I have represented this maker in the best way possible? No. So... I'm just going to have to make sure I am representing them in the best way possible. And, you know, we're very lucky to work with the Mono, which is a, a new company that started a on-the-go podcast kit. And it was, it was we had already planned that we're going to America, but we're thinking, how do we take all our kit over there with, like, the expenses, the fear of it going missing or whatever? time as well yeah like the setup time going to a podcast in someone's workshop the staff and like the, the fear in the maker's space like do w- w- i have to wear that do i have to speak into that like it just becomes quite intimidating so yeah you just like like podcast is this overly used word for a conversation that happens to be recorded but the way i view this now is we're just two people on the phone yeah we're finding out about each other and that's all it has to be yeah and to me they're the best ones so like there's a very difficult gap to bridge if we set out some very clear rules and parameters for ourselves at the start. And they weren't rules and parameters based on what other podcasts are doing. Those were rules and parameters based on what we felt the space needed. Yeah. Yeah, and that that comes through. Again, I think when you're recording, uh, when you're talking to a craftsperson, you know the visual aspect of it like i when i'm consuming your podcast it's through youtube and i'm i'm well we appreciate that we might one day get paid by youtube for that so yeah please do it anyone else listening please listen to it on youtube i hope so i mean put it in the background you don't need to watch it just listen to it on youtube that'd be a great help yeah how amazing is it that you can start a company where people give you free content (laughs) you know like it's amazing to me but uh it's it is um, amazing to watch um, in all the years that I've been doing this, you know, and eventually I'll, I'll get there and figure it out. Um, but the kind of the science behind what's happening while you're working, because the, the depth of conversation, you can see it in, in Ben Giesler's interview I think him yeah. sitting still on a stool or on the phone talking to you, it would not have had the depth and breadth. But he was moving around. He was doing what he loves. He's touching things that mean something to him. And you can see it just flow into something. So I think you, yeah. because you guys are creatives, you totally understand that that person moving around and and doing what they do works really brilliantly well yeah and we're not like we're, we're not a production company we're literally two people who just love what they do and we're not going to 
like set rules or you know you do this and you need to wear this I mean you know we literally want to walk into someone's workshop sit down have a quick chat get to know each other and then they need to feel comfortable in what they're talking about because if they don't then you're not going to get a conversation out of them that's, it, that's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly as Kate said. You know, you'll often hear us say at the start of the podcast that it's usually just kind of happening in the background as we're fading in. Like, the only rule is it's their podcast and we just brought the kit. Yeah. I'm just there to get them started. Yeah. Ask a few interesting questions, see where the conversation lays. Like, as, as I said before, you know, we, there's, there's a duty and a responsibility that comes with deciding to do this. Yeah. And it's to represent these people as best as possible. And in order to represent them as best as possible, they need to be as comfortable as possible. Yeah, it kind of comes across. I think that's the art and what you guys are doing is that um, you've allowed that. Like you didn't come in with a um, set list of, you know, no. <laughs> you know, you need to wear this and this is what's going to show up best on camera. And this is, uh, you know, the questions I'm going to ask and, you know, quite a few people, I'm new to this, your podcast number 13 or 14, uh, you know, and it, it just, I always went into it as I, I don't know how to interview someone, but I love talking to people and I'm only talking to people yeah. who I feel passionate about that, what they're doing or what they've done or I, I'm, you genuinely interested so i just hope that hey i'm just gonna have to rely on that because you can tell mm -hmm. on my podcast when i'm reading something i've written because it sounds like i'm reading something i've written and i you know nope. read reading out loud sounds so phony for me and i just thought i can't do that i will not do that i'd rather stumble and bumble through something that i'm talking about from my head then read something that I've prepared and sound terrible. Absolutely uh, agree. It's more, it's natural. Yeah, and I don't think when people are consuming a podcast that they're expecting um, perfection. Yeah, I wouldn't say production value was the wrong. I almost said that because the production value, I think people are, you know, they expect things to be recorded nicely and through good mics and yeah. all that quality and stuff. But if, if you're our talking head, I think I didn't want to reach any, you know, my hope is that it's just other makers. I hope that I'm creating something that other makers are interested in or aspiring makers. Yeah. And I think yeah. they would forgive a lot of things uh, just to to hear the the message or what have you so you must come across and there's there's crafting and people identify differently like crafting I've always kind of felt like oh that's that word sounds like your book scrapping or you know yep. it, it doesn't have the weight of like I always consider myself I'm a tradesperson like saddlery is a trade even though you know countries across the world are not respecting it as such you can't you know there's it's not widely available to go and get training on it and you know and like you you know so do you feel globally like are yeah. there the health of these trades crafting makers that maker space 
you know, are, is it really shrinking or I, I feel like it's hit a bottom and slowly climbing up, but how, how are you seeing things? There's a resurgence, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent there's a resurgence. People are, costs in the world are going up and I feel people are thinking more about where they spend their money. Um, which ultimately means that there was a long time where it was like buy X because it's sustainable or buy Y because it's sustainable and the whole greenwashing thing was happening. Yeah. Um, where people would say things are sustainable for, you know, for e commerce clout. But the reality is, I think, and I, and I hope I'm right. Um, people are becoming more wise. They're becoming, yeah, they're becoming more wise to all that. And I think this, the narrative, I don't mean narrative in the negative connotation of the word, but I mean narrative that the story of buy well, buy once is becoming less alien to people. And I think that really helps craft. Really, really helps craft. I believe so. It's funny, um, you know, as a kid, um, we didn't have a lot of money. My father was a cabinet maker and um, made more money either doing something else. Like no one wanted a table he built, but they would be like, oh, can you refinish? Uh, you know, antique restoration was where he kind of ended up. But um, yeah, it was, you know, the point was that we always had good shoes. And my mother, like, or she never cut corners on you know and she would sew or make um whatever she could for us but it, like shoes were so important to her like you need the best quality of shoe you can afford and I was always like but you know why is that so important all the kids have these you know fast fashion you know like whatever mm -hmm. it is of it of the moment and she's like that doesn't re represent value. Like that's just throwing money away. And yeah. I, I'm just like, I just want shoes, but you know, she would insist on shoes that could be resold <laughs> as in, yeah. you know, you go to a cobbler and get them fixed up again. And then they're either can be sold or hand me down or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was that, you know, just being raised of like, you can clean a window with vinegar, water and a newspaper. <laughs> you don't need, <laughs> anything fancy to accomplish things and um but it was always uh the quality was just just being raised in a house where that was ingrained in you that you know value it doesn't mean cheap and somehow i i feel like hopefully we're coming back around to that where you know as i'm talking to boot makers that are selling boots for you know a thousand dollars a pair that people are appreciating that hey if you want these to last 20 years they will yeah you just take care of yeah. them and you know so if you amortize a thousand dollar pair of boots over 20 years versus the 200 dollar pair of shoes that you bought that aren't worth repairing um you know where's your money best spent yep yep absolutely i think that i do think that's coming through um i mean you can correct me if I'm wrong. Certainly, going back to the boots, certainly a men's style. The workwear style just doesn't really go go wrong. And the people that are into that kind of thing can buy stuff that just lasts for forever. 
Um, the, the fast the fast fashion thing, certainly in menswear, just or in the circles I walk in, is just dead to the world. Um, and that's really allowed us space. Because who, who else fills the space if fast fashion isn't? You know, it's the makers, it's the, it's the good people of the world. I don't know what you think about women's wear. Women's wear is just a nightmare. Yeah, I think I've still got a bit of catching up to do. Yeah. Yep. I, 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 you know, just looking from the outside in, I would agree. So mm-hmm. what's, uh, what's next? You, you have more trips planned? Hopefully more trips. Yeah. Uh, picking up more podcasts. I'd like to do a weekend like Europe and then, well, two weeks in Europe. Spain and then Germany possibly. Um, we've got a few ideas of like next year. Yeah, hopefully working with some bigger brands and to help support smaller brands as well. Yeah, we want the big guys to help us, help the wee guys. <laughs> yeah. So you know, give and equally it gives the big guys some credit to put back into the world that they they exist in. Because ultimately, like a lot of these bigger companies as well, they they still exist because. There's a lot of these that like people want the people want the thousand pound boots, but they can't afford that, so they'll go and buy the two hundred dollar pair of boots. And there's a lot of that that these people exist because of the small people. I feel so, and there's also a lot of bigger companies as well. That's really worth mentioning. There's a lot of bigger companies that are doing good, that are you know working with smaller makers where possible, and that they are supporting that world in their own way and okay. um, and that's important as well so there's a, there's a bit of that that we're going to try and work with and um, we've got a few ideas for some more video content we really want to get doing we're, we're dealing with some of that at the moment uh, more podcasts will always be a thing will always always be a thing yeah we've got the biggest to-do list ever <laughs> yeah we just launched the members area today um, yesterday sorry um, so that is going to be like fully launched, hard launched on the 1st of June um, and that's basically like I split down every single maker content that we've featured over the years and we'll be releasing a, like a little bundle of them every maybe twice a week three times a week um, to a members only space just because a lot of people were suffering with the ever-growing cost of postage and and we get that so we've built it into like a, an easy read space of sort of seven to ten minute reads something that's easy for people to read on their commute and um, even if they own the book you know it might be something nice just to have in your pocket on your phone um, and we also want to introduce like community space where we can we talked about doing like a round table for makers yeah so one of the things that will come out of the the member space as we get that rolling is you know one of the things a lot of a lot of smaller makers struggle with is the getting started and where do they find the mentorship um so we're going to be running some round table discussions where we'll have you know bigger more bigger stature makers in the space talking about various things it could be anything from social media to marketing to you know all stitching leather it could it literally could be anything uh, and no ideally there'll be like a topic of the week or a topic of the month and whatever makers can join in on that can join in on that and then any of the other members of the digital space can also join in and sort of witness that listen to that 
ask questions, you know, find out the stuff that you want to find out. Again, going back to all the experiences Kate had, like what's the stuff he didn't have access to and how can we provide access to that for people? Yeah, the 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 round table um I'm huge into that. You know, I I would just love to see that. Like that. Yeah. Um and 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 uh, uh I think anyone especially on the leather side maybe you know there's the easiest entry into leather work seems to be, you know, belts and wallets, but and it's it's great people can build an industry out of that but then it's like it should there's only so much space for <laughs> belts and wallets you know yeah. to go and use that as a, a jump off point into you know other makers talking to other makers saying hey you know what um you know a great revenue stream for me but was also gratifying was x you know find your x uh, uh, or your why or whatever it doesn't have to be just um, you know something uh, that someone can buy anywhere and, and you know but other but also I believe that you know a furniture maker doing bespoke things would have loads of information to pass on to a saddler you know that that, that you know just their workaround for um, customer service issues or how to manage clients expectations yeah yeah Yeah, so we're kind of just trying to provide that platform for people i think Um, that's better business help yeah well good for you yeah exactly and business help that's not speaking to someone that's business orientated just like that will never work you know business help from actual makers that have made it happen um and that's kind of so you can find out more about that at wearemakers.shop and you subscribe to the newsletter there or go directly to the members area wearemakers.shop forward slash digital reader is how you get onto the members area at the moment that will build itself out in the coming months to a bigger members area yeah at the moment that's what and and work. and becoming a member in tight like is that hard to become a member four pound eight a month Four pound eight a month, so it's like five dollars a month, um, and that's it. Awesome. And you'll get access to over the course of the next year and a half, two years, we'll release all the editions on that. Up to it will be up to date at some point once we've caught up with ourselves. So at the moment, there's like ninety different articles up there, yeah. eighty-five, ninety different articles up there. Um, probably by the end of the week it'll be up to the hundred yeah. and then we'll just keep keep putting them out there and they're all articles like for example edition one's completely sold out and um, we've got a couple of prized copies left in the house that we keep um, but then as they sell out these will be the only way to get access to these and any of the additional bonus content it also gives us a space to you know any of the makers that we've then gone and revisited and done podcasts with it's a nice space to round all that up yeah. So, you know, maybe you do have addition one, but still being part of the member space gives you easier access to it. But plus, it just kind of links this whole world that we are trying to build up nicely. But it goes back to like we're all trying to like um, concentrate on one platform. What if that platform goes away? What have we got? Yeah. So, it's trying to keep your own space sort of thing. So, yep. yeah, working towards that as well. So, 
Nice. Yeah, and I yeah. I believe that um we should all be the community of of makers need to be um communicating more with each other just as um you know as somebody finds out about you know whether there's some government scheme or funding or some i've you know i created a little facebook group for for a group of um saddle saddlers people who are in the saddle industry and just say look start sharing on this space of customer experiences you know how did you resolve a you know not not to be negative there but show hey this just happened how did anyone else solve this or um, yeah. you know I'm open to suggestions or where do you buy your thread from you know like or hey I'm putting an order in um, you know in North America a lot of your supplies come from you know England or Europe or you know and it's like start consolidating orders you know and it's it, it just helps each other yeah, and it's, yeah, say yeah. it's that that yeah. so we've been talking to a couple of local companies local brands that we like here as well about doing exactly that with photo shoots and again it's something that the members area will try and facilitate where um you know one of them's a fashion brand one of them's an eyewear brand that ourselves which is you know sort of homewares it's like could we just consolidate like a four-day photo shoot rather than scrape rather than one brand scrape the pennies together for a three-hour photo shoot yeah and just get an absolute bucket load of content out of that so oh, yeah, love that. Like consolidate, like everyone moving forward is one is only a good thing. Yeah, yeah. stronger. So, last question. I'll let you. We'll kind of go. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, maker spaces. Have you seen great examples of that? As uh, where 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 it's a shared space. There's there's multiple makers in one place. Have you had an experience of that? Your thoughts on that? I think they're brilliant. I think they are brilliant. Um, it's very hard to see them done well. I think in concept, they're absolutely fantastic. There's a few people that have tried to do it really well. I think ultimately it's a very hard thing to fund. Um, and do you mean as in like community spaces where they all work together? Yeah, yeah, community spaces where they work together. I think ultimately the examples I've seen have been lacking for no other for no other reason than I, I believe they're, they're very difficult to fund because ultimately the people behind it are trying to make low access cost for makers, which is a noble cause in itself. I'd love to see more of them. I'd love to see funding available for them. You know, there's funding available for some really daft stuff out there in the world. There's a good one in Wales we went to see. The, good, the, the Wales one was great. Yeah, we went to do a podcast with uh, Wood and Gold, Stephen, and... Uh, we got invited into his space. It was called the Sustainable Studio in Wales. Yeah, I think it's either shut down or moved now. Oh, it's still there. He just moved into a bigger space. Anyway, no, I think they're great. Um, we've even talked about it. We work from home thinking maybe we should go into town and get you know a shared space just so we can like yeah. connect with people because at the minute we're just at home with ourselves. Yeah. So, I think the important thing is, though, that these these spaces need to be run by or consulted with makers, yeah. not property guys yep. or girls, um, because that's where they kind of fall apart for me, is that there's a few that I've seen that are basically just run as a, this is a business for profit, which has its space. I am not knocking anyone for making profit. I would love to make profit. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> but 
there is a world where like you need if you're doing it for the makers, do it for the makers. But that again, that just that's just my standard on it. Like if you're going to do a job, do it for the people that you're doing it for and do it, you know, unquestionably. Yeah. I think communities, you're right, when when you're talking about funding the incubator for for small business, let's face it, a lot of small business people are makers. And yeah, you know, maybe the help they need is is just space and access to you know some some equipment or but even just that where that shared space that round table type stuff happens just yeah over a coffee you start chatting and you think well wait a minute maybe we could collaborate on something or you know whatever so i'm, well, I'm that, a that big believer start, don't they? yeah yeah so i i hope to see more of that i um would love to have my time evolve into that where you're just sharing and creating a space for people to start their journey yeah (laughs) fantastic well guys i going to end it there i could talk to you for hours but (laughs) i hope that maybe we could circle back uh at some point in the future but i i just um felt like had to have you on on. yeah well thank you for coming on i it's interesting you know i'm finding as i've been trying to get guests on sometimes it's just scheduling things and sometimes it's just people thinking i don't like podcasts i'm not a i don't want to be on one they're just not interested but then there's other people who are very much like ah no i don't need to come on your podcast (laughs) you know you get that Uh, sense very much like i'm a big shot you're not and i don't want to help you with anything (laughs) and i just you know what you never know who's going to listen and you know it's a good experience to tell your story to a different bunch of people because you just never know and just it's good to take every opportunity isn't it and there's nothing else it's practice you know there's a there's a really good, and you know, it'd be it would be advice to anyone else that's been approached about even a smaller podcast that, that thinks that they are bigger than that. One, get out of your own head. You're not bigger than that. And mm-hmm. um, everyone's got a responsibility. Yeah, responsibility. Everyone's got the ability to share something with someone. I've never had a conversation or been in a room or done a thing and not learned something from it. Yeah. I've never been in someone's workshop and not learned something from it. Yeah. Um. So there's that side of it, but also there's one of the the earliest tricks in the book I seem to remember from when I was in, you know, even doing part-time work, going to interviews is apply for jobs you don't want. Apply for stuff you don't want and just go and do the interview so you get used to doing the interview. So doing any podcast, and this is not by any means why we said yes to your podcast, I don't want to come <laughs> off that way. But doing any podcast is just like, or doing any thing, it's just, just view it as practice. Like you don't have to put pressure on yourself. You just yes. view it as practice and view it as an opportunity. Say yes to everything within reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, see where it goes. You know, as Kate says, you never know where something will go. Someone huge could listen to this on the off chance and that could create a million opportunities. Equally, you could end up going on you know, a massive podcast, a Joe Rogan podcast or something, and nothing might come of it. You just don't know. Yeah, yeah I agree. Well, thank you very much again, and um, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate it.
Hi, this is Jack Lenny. And I'm Kate Lenny. And we are We Are Makers. We Are Makers is a community bolstered by a printed publication, podcast, and many other outputs. And our goal is to glorify makers worldwide. You can find out more about We Are Makers at We Are Underscore Makers on almost all social media platforms. Instagram being our main one and YouTube. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify at the We Are Makers podcast. We are here to glorify makers around the world and that's what we're going to continue to do. And if you want to buy a copy of a printed book, you can go to www.wearemakers.shop. And it's been a pleasure to be on the Sadler's Coast with Christian Law. Thank you. This has been the Saddler's Post with Christian Lowe. Thank you for listening. The Saddler's Post is sponsored by Christian Lowe Leather Care. Visit christianlowe.ca.